Play-By Podcast is hosted on the Abnormal Mapping Network, which you can find at abnormalmapping.com or support through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abnormalmapping. The Wingard's anchor assembly plant in the Sidonian sector went dark a few days ago. Hess Wingard is furious. Obviously. Last transmission from security was a run-of-the-mill all-hands call for the night shift. After that, nothing. No one in, no one out. Not even the factory techs. Anything that gets close to the place in plain view either gets shot down or blown up by something on sight. Something that hits very, very hard. Most likely a number of anchors rolled the factory overnight, though no demands have been made and no allegiances declared. We don't know who's sponsoring the other side, but they paid for some premium muscle. Letter of the contract from Queen Mab says get planet side, assess the situation, and pacify the targets so the gentry can get back to making their money. I'll leave the definition of pacify to your discretion. That'll be all, people. Ambrose Belgard, Captain of the Vehement. Briefing Minutes, Section C. Welcome to Play by Podcast, an actual play podcast about storytelling through the medium of tabletop role-playing games. I'm Michael, the GM, and today I'm joined by Leon Barnes. Hello, hello. Liam Higgins. Hello. And Max Coe. Hey. I'm I'm genuinely I genuinely like have a Pavlovian response to the intro of this show now. Every time I'm like, oh yay. <laughs> like I was listening to the podcast earlier, some old episodes, and I was like, That's me. Instant happy. <laughs> I'm glad we are. That's the that's the response that I want. Yeah. I gotta change my fucking intro sound, man. I gotta. I have to make a we'll conscious workshop it later. yourself for season two. We'll yeah. put it. We'll run it through the focus groups. Uh, yeah. And then next episode, yeah, we'll give them the. <laughs> yeah. We'll you're, so you're telling me you want an intro sound that is both amazing and terrible. Yeah, I want. 
to be I want it to be primordial. <laughs> I want it it's to be the, it's the the Simpsons kids focus group thing. Like how in, <laughs> like how uh, like Om is the primeval sound of creation. I want it to evoke mm. that slightly. But also be, <laughs> you want your, but you, also you, be you, welcoming and He's trying to be horrifically s- s- transcendent but also friendly and accessible. I want people to be in tears by the time they start the podcast. <laughs> They want, you want people to associate Sublime. the name Liam Higgins with the background noise of the universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, let's, uh, yeah, anyway, but I got changes, but that's what it is right now. So. Happy season two, everybody. Yeah, Ooh. welcome to the inaugural, inaugural episode. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Last episode was a bit of a primer. A who's who of the galaxy? Yeah. A setting, uh, What what's the word they always use in the... In what? We'll in RPGs, know. you know. Set dressing. Like a... a Table setting. Appetizer. Flavor. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Break out your thesaurus team and figure it out at home. (laughs) The one-way trip to Flavortown. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we are going to be playing Uncharted Worlds by Sean Gomez. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Love you, Sean. Thanks to Sean. (laughs) Shouts out to Sean. (laughs) But uh, the question is, folks... How do you play Uncharted Worlds? I don't know, Michael. How do you play Uncharted Worlds? Thank you for asking, Leon. Damn. So very similar to the way that we played Dungeon World, uh, the rules are sort of on the same level. It's, uh, you know, to do a thing, you do the thing. Mm-hmm. Anytime you, you sort of just describe your actions and when, they, uh, when the actions you describe uh, match with a move, uh, we will roll dice to determine the outcome. And let's do a rundown of some of those moves. Let's. There are your common moves. Uh, mm-hmm. Common moves are broad, generalized actions. They can use any stat depending on how the character approaches any action. Uh, there are three common moves which uh, cover most general actions the characters perform. This is super helpful for me as the GM because I'm like, a lot of last season you may have noticed me going, yeah, what like, does what this w- sound like? What, what would this be? It turns out uh, it could it might be one of three things. Uh, the first of the common moves is called face adversity. It's a catch-all move. Uh, you use face adversity when you overcome opposition or danger. So anytime I can't really slap any other sort of uh, role on something that might need uh, contention, mm-hmm. you might face adversity. The, the deal with shit move. It's uh, used <laughs> to overcome <laughs> challenges uh, when faced with opposition or hazards. If an action would not normally require a move, uh, but something is opposing or impeding that action, uh, the otherwise simple action becomes a face adversity. And of course, you use uh, you roll plus metal when you're overcoming opposition or danger using stealth, piloting, accuracy, or discipline. You roll plus expertise when you use knowledge, mechanics, or first aid. You roll plus physique when you use athletics, endurance, strength, or health. You roll plus influence when you use charm, diplomacy, bargaining, or lies, and you roll plus interface on computer systems and networks. Cool beans. Sounds good. So that, that'll be our catch-all if I ever need to consider anything like that. After that is assessment, where you uh, use that to collect critical information about a subject. Uh, for assessment, uh, when a character asks a question about the world around them, uh, the GM will usually give them the readily available information or will turn the question around and ask the character what they know or have observed about the subject. This is something we'll touch on later called prompting. Hmm. This, this is a little bit like a less structured uh, version of... God, what was the move in the last game that I was so bad at all the time? In, in Dungeon World, uh, what was that move? 
the was it discern realities yeah it was that was it it was discern realities it the one that always got fucked up yeah Yeah. this well because i was the only one who did it and i was yeah you guys um because you're the smart one i was not aware that that was an option in the game so the smart one was actually (laughs) one sucked at it what was oblivious classic liam move (laughs) i still have no idea how to play ignorance i have completely no idea i I have no idea how to play D and D, but I just I just do it for you know just roll along. It's fun. Well, Liam, I have good news. This isn't even D and D. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. This is this is just pure role playing. God bless. Anyway, basically, <laughs> assessment is a little like a less structured discern realities. Unlike discern realities, you can use different stats, which is great for me. Love that. When the subject is critical, dangerous, or difficult to ascertain, the GM will make the character make an assessment roll. Uh, when you collect critical information about an important, dangerous, or mysterious subject using stealth, you roll plus metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you use research or experimentation, you roll plus expertise. When you roll, when you uh, you use exploration, labor, whoa. <laughs> 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 you, sound, you sound like a localized you PS1 labor. game. Labor. <laughs> when you... <laughs> Use the labor. <laughs> that's, that's how Beatty says it. I've decided. Right. When you use exploration, labor, or strenuous activity, you roll plus physique. When you use informants, interviews, or gossip, you roll plus influence. And when you use the sector net or open networks, you roll plus interface. Mm-hmm. And that's how you assess. So you can actually you, you can do discern realities, but using stats that you're good at. <laughs> but better this time. <laughs> Rip to the leer of Greyfeather, a real yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> Pour one out for a real homie. And (laughs) (laughs) the last of the common moves is get involved, where you help or hinder the move of an ally, which is a very, it's very similar to Dungeon World's aid or interfere. Mm -hmm. Ah, yes, that old chestnut. Uh, Used by a character who wants to assist or impede the actions of another character. But now it's Uh, not a flat bond. It's whatever stat you find appropriate for the situation. Depending on how, Mm -hmm. yeah, depending on how you approach getting involved, you roll plus metal, plus expertise, plus physique, or influence, or interface. Jolly good. And those are our common moves. After that, there are the stat moves. There are six stat moves, so moves that are dependent upon your statistics. Uh, The first one is open fire, which is dependent on metal which is engaging in long-ranged firefights, so shooting from far away. Uh, launch assault, which is engaging in close quarters combat, which can also include uh, guns, but is more so you know, fists and swords and such. Melee. Right, and that involves your physique. Uh, the other stat move is patch up, which requires your expertise, which is about healing injuries or repairing damage. Uh, There's command, which requires your influence, which you use to issue orders to groups of willing NPCs. Access, which uses your interface, where you gain access to protected systems and networks. Leon, that'll be you a lot, probably with Scarlet. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. And the very, a very important one, brace for impact, which uses Uh your armor stat. And you use that to resist injury. I feel those are pretty self-explanatory. I don't really have to go too into heavy detail about yeah we'll, we'll get moves. to them when we get to them it's it's right there on the tin what they do <laughs> yeah <laughs> does what it says on the tin i think uh brace for impact is a little different because it doesn't use uh like a stat you have it uses your armor stat and uh in the case of something like uh bracing for impact inside of a mech 
you add your mech's armor to that, which I believe walkers have a flat plus two bonus to armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by the looks of it, I'm looking at I'm looking at the brace for impact. There's a a bit more to it, but stuff that can be handled later. Yeah. Right. It, it you can like lower the severity of your injuries or and usually when you're dealing with vehicles, the vehicles take the damage more so than you do, unless Speaking the harm is especially destructive. Yes. Speaking of which, could we talk briefly about injuries? Because I also am curious about that. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, what what would you like to talk about about injuries exactly? I, I, so I've played games in like the Fate system where they they talk about injuries. So uh, is it the same deal where we decide the injury based on like the specifics of the situation? Like you make up what the injury would be if we take a certain amount of damage, or how does it work typically? When assigning an injury, uh, the GM will state the severity based on the source of the harm. And that severity can go from minor to major to severe to critical to fatal. Oof. The one and we I don't want. <laughs> you can only have one of each at any given time. So if you take Attacks. a if you if you take if you have a minor injury and you take another minor injury, you actually take a major injury. Yeah. It bumps Similar it up. Similar deal a in fate system. Yeah, so sort of like fate. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I guess it is like just whatever is appropriate to the situation, you know, mm-hmm. GM right. rules. And of course, if you roll well on your brace for impact, which I, BD has even more armor than I have good else. armor. Yeah, I'm, I'm so armored. they should be able to hopefully d- depending on how badly you roll max. And sometimes your rolls can be a little iffy. I'm not even going to lie. He goes back and forth, man. <laughs> but you can reduce your severity. Yeah, that, that's my that's my my typical uh way of playing games is I'll just put a lot of stock into constitution or armor or whatever the equivalent is because I know I'm likely to take hits. <laughs> <laughs> we respect and stand a tank. Thank you. Uh, and the third category of moves are enterprise moves. Enterprise moves cover the actions not directly tied to character stats. They deal with aspects of interplanetary travel and commerce. Uh, there are five enterprise moves. Uh, shields up, which brings up the shields to protect the starship naturally. Uh, mm-hmm. Wild jump, which ignores safe jump lanes. You jump from anywhere to anywhere. Cramped quarters, which is a particularly interesting move for our purposes, where you build friendships or get on each other's nerves. Yeah, and I think, I, I know I have a, a, I thought I had a, yeah, I have a navigation thing that could help with that. With <laughs> so wild jump? Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the uh, cramped quarters side of things. Oh, Really cool. Yeah, my my navigation trait. I get that's one of the things that I could pick is to have a more pleasant journey together. <laughs> right, which is key. <laughs> yeah, key when you have to spend like several days traveling between planets. Yeah, especially with these fucks. The other moves are acquisition, where you demand goods and or services of a market, and barter, where you exchange foreign goods for more valuable local goods. So of course you've got your your uh, shields up for protecting the ship, which I have I have a name. If you guys don't want to come up with one yourselves, I for I would love ship. to hear what you say. For the ship, go for it. Okay, and then there's a wild jump. I'll get to the ship name in a bit. I've segmented this out. This is all planned. <laughs> wild jump, obviously your traversal through the solar system. If you want to go off the grid, uh, cramped quarters. Uh, the cramped quarters move is triggered when people are trapped together for extended periods of time. Which will happen. Despite having a myriad of worlds to explore and cultures to visit, the characters will often find themselves stuck with the same people for weeks or months on end. Sometimes the close quarters can lead to respect, loyalty, friendships, and even more intimate relationships. Other times it merely reveals one's inner self, 
true intentions and wounds in one's heart. Most often, however, tensions rise and nerves fray and personalities clash until someone snaps. It will take time to cool off and heal that bad blood and the distrust might linger for a long while to come to be brought up and rehashed in a future argument. I'm excited for uh, the Shining Space Edition. (laughs) (laughs) Your fucking Otto's going to show up with a fire axe and just start just wasting everybody. You know it. (laughs) (laughs) And he admits it. And then in 30 years, we'll do a sequel season, Dr. Sleep style. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so acquisition. Uh, While characters' funds can cover day-to-day expenses and small purchases, uh, significant acquisitions need more time and effort. Uh, When you demand important services or assets from a market able to supply those demands, you roll plus zero. If you offer a cargo unit as part of the deal, roll plus that cargo's class. So acquisition is a roll plus cargo. And uh, important services or assets usually applies to weapons, equipment, crew, and vehicles. Uh, The maximum class of these assets depends heavily on the type of market. Uh, Other services could be things like uh, repairs, maintenance, upgrades, hosting events or ceremonies, parties, lease of a workspace, specialist work performed by experts. So like surgeries and critical damage repairs. Things that we need done that we can't do ourselves. Right. And barter is another role plus cargo. Uh, when, with humanity spread far and wide across the galaxy, clever entrepreneurs can make small fortunes shipping goods across the stars, leveraging the supply for, of one planet to fulfill the demand of another. So when you exchange foreign units of cargo for local trade goods, you roll plus the class of the cargo. And it's more so trade than it is like gaining any sort of monetary unit. But depending yeah. on what happens, you can in- involve the attention of different factions. That, that is, those, those are the last of the enterprise moves. Coolie. And of course, all of those moves um, are, they sort of scale down on a 10, 7 to 9, or 6 and below scale. Mm-hmm. If you roll a 6 or lower, that is where uh, GM moves and complications begin to arise. That's where you get to fuck with us. Yeah. Uh, 7 to 9 is usually so a, uh, it's a half success, it's a partial success. It's a compromise. You, you, yeah, you get what you want, or maybe you don't, or d- depending on uh, how you want to negotiate with me, the GM. Could be oh, better, could be, be worse kind of thing. Or what kind of... Uh, it usually gives you a lot of different choices about uh, outcomes, so you will actually have to do some negotiating with yourself as to whether or not you want one thing or another thing to happen. Mm. And then 10 plus things just happen as you, the players, describe. Sweet. So you, you get full narrative control at a 10 plus. I like that there is a, a, like a mechanic... For like bonding, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How good Basically, or bad are we are at bonding with one another? That's cool. I'm banking on you all being fairly dysfunctional. Oh, that's yeah. We're definite. kind of a w- strange mishmash of personalities here. That is true. <laughs> that is by design. But that that is sort of <laughs> the scaling is, of the basic design. moves. <laughs> yeah, I'm the Hannibal character. Uh-huh. I'm the Hannibal boy. It is me. You're Will Graham. And when they roll that seven, nine, or that six, and uh, I get to make uh, some narrative decisions, I have to go buy a little thing called my GM agenda. It's kind of like the gay agenda. It is exactly that, actually. <laughs> on, I mean, depending on what the role is about, yes, it is exactly the gay agenda. Uh-huh. Excellent. And that, the, that agenda is sort of held up by some GM principles. Those GM principles are embrace the deadly beauty of the galaxy. Poetic. Paint in primary colors. Speak the truth. Address the characters directly. 
be a fan of the characters, which I am, prompt the characters to shape reality, and my favorite, follow the rule of cool. <laughs> Don't be a fucking square, poser. You guys know me. I love rule of cool. If, any, if something sounds like a cool idea, I will normally let it go. Yeah. The storytelling it trumps mechanics. Uh, the GM moves are foreshadow trouble, offer a choice, impose a cost, advance a threat, involve a faction, break something, and cause harm. <laughs> I just love break something. Your it's computer. So... Your microphone. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And those moves can either be hard or soft. If it's a soft move, it's more of like a setup for a later worse hard move. Mm-hmm. Of course, I could always just... Or it's just you being nice when we've had a lot of shit happen to us. <laughs> right. Yeah, that is a lot. That happens a lot. That's true. Ugh. Or I could just slam right into a hard move and just really ruin your day. If, if, yeah. If it is narratively appropriate, I wouldn't just do that. You're not a bully, thankfully. And of course, beyond just rolling uh, seven to nine or six below, uh, I can make a move when the character's actions demand it or when the flow of the game hits a snag. Mm-hmm. So if, if things are, if it's becoming a little bit foggy as to what there is to do next, I can advance some GM moves, advance threats, uh, involve factions, things of that nature. I imagine it's like uh, Hunger Games when not enough like violence is happening. They'll just like... <laughs> yeah, I'll just drop in a bunch of weird dog things. Yeah. God. <laughs> I'd imagine it's it's... I know we keep talking about Firefly a lot just because we're space mercenaries. Um, but the, the kind of like the where the main job isn't always the acquisition or movement of cargo, but still sometimes that's part of the deal. And so it's, it's you know, something that we could use to improve our like mechs or get more equipment or what sort of deal. Right. And just to refresh everyone's memory... Uh, who are these characters again? Just in brief, just uh, doing a little quick roundtable. Max, who is Beatty? Beatty is an uh, ex. We keep calling them a cr- tra- crash test dummy. So I mean that works for the most part. Ex mech crash test dummy um, who gained sentience through unknown means um, and were eventually helped to escape from. Uh, one of the Jovian moons by a scientist who had been helping them. And they are, uh, you know, <laughs> just here to help, I guess. They like to be helpful, and uh, but they are a bit uh, blunt at times and have no problem being very truthful, even when it's painful to hear so. And Leon, who is Scarlet? The only way I can describe him is a smart-ass hacker kid from Mars who grew up doing a lot of hacking work for the RSU, more or less. For the the military? Yeah. So Hmm. now he just does it freelance. Hmm. And Liam? Otto von Furstenberg is a sort of explorer. He comes from a line of noble people on Earth, but he has long shunned them and has sort of sought out exploring and cataloging new life forms, basically playing No Man's Sky in <laughs> this fictional <laughs> but universe. But IRL. Yeah, but IRL. LARPing No Man's in Sky. Fictional, in another fictional world. But yeah, so, so he, he, he's, he's like a, yeah, 
self-imposed exile from gentry yeah and he loves he has a great appreciation for the cosmos and wildlife and whatnot so he's always very anti-industrial and and whatnot so he's he's out there fighting the good fight preserving stuff making a living on uh salvaging stuff and and selling them to people and uh so it's not exactly a hundred percent like preservationist so he's he reconcile he has to reconcile that for sure and uh, between the three of you, there is one thing we did not cover in our initial episode. Mm-hmm. What was that? That is, uh, so there are the three factions, the rectified solar union, uh, who control Earth and the sort of the terrestrial planets, the uh, Jovian lunar commonwealth, who control the, uh, the Jovian lunar colonies, and the Charon freeholds, who control a small number of satellite colonies orbiting the remains of Pluto. Were sort of a faction under themselves, very a lot smaller than the main two, a lot less powerful, but nonetheless able to hold their own. And w- along with these factions, uh, the three of you need to choose uh, allegiances and debts. Oh, I definitely know one of my debts. <laughs> so the way that works is, uh, so you can choose your allegiance. You can choose to be independent or to have sworn allegiance to one of the factions. Uh, if you choose to be independent, you divide three debt between one, two, or three factions. So you can split three debt any which way between the three. If you have sworn allegiance to a faction, you get three debt with the chosen faction and one favor. Now, uh, the debt and the favor can be used like debts and favors. They can call in their debt on you, or you can use a call in a favor from them, depending on the situation. Whether that's like taking jobs or allowing certain items through spaceports that shouldn't be going through spaceports. All right. Okay. Well, I think I'm independent. Okay. So you will have three debt to divide between the RSU, the JLC, and the Sharon Freeholds, who from this point, I think just to, to stay in the parlance of the territory, we'll call them the Union, the Commonwealth, and the Freeholds. Yeah. What are the Freeholds again, d- precisely? The Freeholds are the... These sort of like workers' paradise, uh, communist for- colonies. <laughs> That's right. The for- yeah. the former workers' colonies that uh, were abandoned by the original Solar Union. I don't know. And I mean, like, I feel like for Otto, uh, something I was thinking about earlier, like, so he likes to explore like the actual terrestrial, like the gas giants in the Jovian moons, probably. But like, say, like you needed to get onto the surface of Jupiter, as it were. Yeah. Uh, you might need to grease some wheels. Right. Does well, Jupiter I mean, have a surface within this? No, I mean they would have continue? to have. A, they would have to have some sort of like a. It's, uh, it's like platforms. What the hell is it called? Well, that's, no, no. It do, well, it's it is just the way that it is. I'm. It's, it's a gas giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But there's no real like the surface. I guess is like defined. It's gas. Loosely defined. <laughs> it's, it's it's surface in scare quotes. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I would have to grease some wheels for sure. So. Maybe I, yeah, maybe I was doing some stuff down there, and I saw I owe some debts to some Jovian, Jovians. I'll go with to that. some Commonwealth folk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty. I try to leave well enough alone most of the time. So, mm-hmm. just divide the three debt between one, two, or three factions if you're not allied. Oh, so uh, can I just put it all on one? Yeah, I'll just put it all on Jovian then. Okay. Because I've got a lot of debt in the Jovian. Well, I guess, okay, so I mean, I don't see myself going to the workers' colonies or whatever very often. And other than that, it's just the main planets, right? That's the other, Mm -hmm. the other faction. Yeah, so I think, why not? Jovian, yeah. 
and you want to steer clear of that strictly because that's where your family has some amount of sway. Yeah, doesn't want to run into anyone he knows. Yeah, they're very right. much like um, I would assume they're almost like annexed, basically, over the gentry. Mm. Um, we got like a Japan Korea situation in like the thirties. And Max, what were you thinking? I'm a little conflicted because I feel like m- m- the the debt that I had in mind is more to a specific person than it would be to the lunar commonwealth well so that, the, that person is tied to the lunar commonwealth yeah but they were kind of doing it against the commonwealth's wishes so i was thinking i might instead split it um i'm also conflicted whether i'm independent or associated with the freeholds because i feel like that desire to be helpful would eventually gain them a favor with the th- freeholds so I'm going to say that I am allied with the Freeholds. Okay, cool. And I have two debt to them and one favor. And then, Comrade Beatty out here. Yeah. But uh, if you have an allegiance, you only have the three debt with the faction. Oh, really? Okay. You know, if you, if you choose allegiance, you don't get to spread it around. That's fine. That works for me. All right. And of course, if an independent character earns a favor with a faction, they can also declare their allegiance to that faction. It uh, does not expend the favor. Uh, up to three debts owed to other factions are taken up by the chosen faction instead. The character erases up to three debts and incurs that many debts with their chosen faction. So if you guys decide to declare allegiances later on along the line, that will change some of your debts. Some of it will be wiped away. Some of it will be changed. Uh, and when you betray an allegiance, uh, when you get caught actively undermining, opposing, or damaging your faction's goals, you will be cast out unless you call in a favor. Hmm. And if you are banished from a faction or willingly, or, or if they willingly break their allegiance, any debts they had with that faction are doubled. Wow. Ooh. So you'd go from like three to six. Shit. Jack Sparrow, <laughs> your debt has been paid. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was intense, man. Bring us the girl. Wipe away the debt. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, some real Bioshock shit. What are Scarlet's uh I completely forgot about that. Uh, how are your debts divided? Well, Scarlet kind of chose to be independent. He doesn't really see himself really agreeing with any kind of real, I want to say faction. It's more people, mm-hmm. but the people he associate he's associated with in terms of debts are to a faction. Mm-hmm. So he has two in the in the union, and then like one in the Commonwealth. Hmm. Playing both sides. Yeah. Very Yojimbo-like figure. (laughs) For different reasons, mind you, though. Scarlet, hacker Yojimbo. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got a nice even spread of debts now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even an allegiance. Mm -hmm. But no sponsorship. You are not sponsored by a specific faction. You are an independent enterprise, not beholden to anyone specific. Uh, Hell no. I mean, like... Beatty might be helpful, but they're still, you know, an outcast because people don't know what to deal, know what to do with, with Beatty. So they kind of just are like, okay, you've fulfilled your usefulness. Please go away now. And I don't think it's necessarily rare for like a mercenary company to ha- be sponsored. That's really, fair. I wouldn't think it would be. You know, like if, if you do enough work for a certain like gentry aristocrat, they might, you know, decide, oh, hey, you work for me exclusively now. Maybe. Mm-hmm. We're not well liked enough. <laughs> yeah, <you> guys, <laughs> we're not, not a known quantity in the galaxy no. yet. 
And sponsorship works very similarly to allegiances, but we won't have to worry about that because you guys are independents. Yeah. And with that, we can actually get into the meat of the game this Yay. session. Woohoo! What up? So, and this is where I get to drop in the name of the ship. Oh, hell yeah. And start introducing NPCs. This is my favorite part. Ooh. So the three of you are members of a mercenary company operating out of a starship called the Vehement. Ooh. I got tingles. The Vehement is not your it's not a particularly robust starship. It is a little more than a glorified mech transport. It gets the job done. It moves. You could probably, uh, you, you can fit on some extra cargo from time to time. It is not heavily armed or heavily armored. Is it pr- pronounced vehement? I thought it was vehement. Vehement. Vehement, vehement usually. Vehement? Well, I guess it depends. Yeah, I've it's heard different, vehement. Different people, it's a regional dialect. Different people. All right, okay. I'll accept I've, I've always said vehement. Han, Han. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Can they we, couldn't even figure it out in the same movie. Uh, so. Are we allowed to call it the V for short? If we flying, can't save the flying v. v, just call it V. Yo, V. Is that allowed? Uh, sure. V. What? It, what? It, but I think it's funny if we all say it differently. Yeah. Pull a Star Wars on it. Vehement. I mean, you are all from different walks of life and parts of the galaxy. So we so just all say that it you would wrong. All say it differently. Well, if it's if, ever, if everyone's different, if everyone oh, says okay. it wrong, then no one says it right. You know. But uh, the vehement is operated is captained by a man named Ambrose Belgard. Good name. Big fan of the name Ambrose. Oh, yeah. Did you know it's uh, Latin for uh, immortal? I did because I had, to take, I had to take Latin as a kid. Mm. But uh, Ambrose is your captain. He's your, uh, your representative to the Mercenary Administrative Board. He deals with Queen Mab, and you guys do the jobs. Uh, BD, you work fairly closely with uh, Captain Belgard. Mm-hmm. In the uh, in your role as the navigator of the vehement, I would hope so. Otherwise, and it would be pretty difficult to get around. <laughs> and today, he's uh, laid out a an interesting job for the three of you, which uh, is a change of pace from your usual guard duty or even escort. A an opportunity came down the pipe from Queen Mab on Mars. I'm making very pointed eye contact with Leon right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I can see that. The resident Martian. <laughs> the real Matt Damon. <laughs> Do not compare Scarlet to Matt Damon. Ever. I am. Well, I'm saying you're the Martian. I am just Kachastin. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I'll be Sebastian Stan. Valid and probably Valid, the best choice. Yeah. yeah. And, and the mission is as follows. There is a manufacturing plant outside of uh, one of the uh, Sidonian cityscapes. They, they manufacture mostly parts for anchors, and it is owned and operated by one of the local gentry families. And I'm going to, uh, Leon, do you want to give me a name or should I fly one in? Uh, I'll give you a name. All right, just give me the last name of the house. Uh, Wingard. House Ooh. Wingard runs a an anchor part factory. And recently, they've run into a bit of trouble. An unidentified mercenary company rolled into the complex and took it over. Mm. 
They have not made any demands as of yet, but they are currently halting production and holding some of the employees hostage. Rot row. <laughs> which Four House Windguard is cutting into their profits, which is cutting into their livelihood. Mm-hmm. Rich don't people like don't that. like, yeah, rich people don't <laughs> like losing money. They don't like it when their bottom line is affected by uh, violent mech warriors. Yeah. Hmm, hmm. It do be like that sometimes. That's perfectly understandable, I guess. For rich people, yeah. And it's even more vexing because these guys haven't said anything. They just rolled in and took the place over, and they won't let anybody come near to even begin negotiations. Well, that's frustrating. So they need boots on the ground to assess the situation, figure out who these mercenaries are working for, and if possible, get rid of them and bring the factory back online. Alrighty then. So you've all spun yourselves out to... Mars, Scarlet's old stomping grounds. Scarlet, how do you feel about being back here? All right, uh, hold on, I need to get the voice ready. And listeners, what I just did is something called prompting. In uh, a lot of role-playing games, the GM is expected to know what will happen within a given storyline. They know what's behind every door, who lurks in the darkness, the source of illness that plagues the colonists or townsfolk. Uh, In Uncharted Worlds, uh, there's a little more interest in discovery for me with the introduction of the concept of prompting. Uh, With prompting, it's more so that I am asking leading questions to my players as to uh, the direction of the plot that can uh, change the outcome of events or even like bigger things like who is the direct enemy in any given situation. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Prompting requires me to leave important gaps in my own information about a scenario, uh, which will be provided by you guys from your perspective when I ask. So I come to these sessions with a bit more of a bare bones scenario, and you guys fill in the blanks. But that was just sort of a a low ball to get us started. How does Scarlet feel about being back on Mars? Well, I'm pretty fucking annoyed by it, actually. (laughs) Hmm. Because I'm indifferent. One On one point, I used to live here. On another point, I want to kill everyone who lives there, except people who I like. That's valid, I guess. Now, the house who you took this job from, have you ever worked for or against them? House Wingard. Both. Both? Which do you mm-hmm. prefer? Eh, they seem like good enough people, I guess. They pay well. Is that your... Uh, Professional opinion? Is that how you uh, gauge your uh, contacts, whether they pay well, pay well or not? Oh, no, not all the time. Like, the only reason I, like... Just when it comes to gentry? Yeah, professional opinion, they pay well. Actual opinion, they're a complete bunch of shitbags, but they got nice faces. <laughs> so, might as well. Hmm. Fair. I see. All right. And here's where we, where we will start you. You've already dropped from the vehement, from its cargo bay, down onto the planet's surface. In mech? In mech, you can choose to leave your mechs. You guys are probably about, I'd say, within 300 yards of the complex behind a high rise. So your mechs are currently obscured from view. At this point, I will ask you, what do you do? I'm getting out of the mech. All right, you disembark. Hey, you guys is see Scarlet disembark. Equivalent to spout lore, or well, uh, I guess more like I have a question for you, the the GM, of what info we would have been briefed with. What level of violence have they approached this with? Like, has anyone been killed? Have they been just shooting at anyone who tries to approach the place? Like, what level of violence is to be expected? 
In the report that Ambrose gave you, it uh, details that they, when they rolled the factory, they killed the security. And when anyone tries to approach them from the, the main way into the complex, they are met with heavy, heavy gunfire. And not, not like small arms, like mech arms. Okay, I'm, I'll, I'll hop out so I can kind of plan up with Scarlet here, who seems to have <laughs> taken the initiative. I suppose I'll join two fuckers. <laughs> As Otto disembarks, you notice his his anchor is a little is remaining on alert because it is controlled. Mm-hmm. Well, according to given information, it would be unwise to attempt to negotiate. It seems, which is unfortunate to say the least. I don't know. It seems appropriate to just kind of kill them, if possible. I, I would prefer a minimal use of force, at least to what extent we can. I understand they're met with violence at first, but perhaps stunning is another method. My mech is equipped with such equipment. Beatty, you're no fun. I don't see killing human beings as fun. It says a lot about you that you do. You never lived on Mars, okay? That was kind of a livelihood. You either kill or get killed. Humans are very... Complicated. Yeah, you'll learn to love them. Hmm. But I guess in this case you're probably right. I guess we should... I say first we probably should see what the heck is going on down there. See what's... What the up and up is. Before we figure out what in the hell we're supposed to be doing with these people. I second a reconnaissance move. Ah, yes, Johnny Good. Alright, I'm gonna pull out the boom machine and use the scope. Alright, you're gonna check out the... Yeah, below the rise. Uh, would that be an assessment? That would be assess. Would it still be considered stealth? Uh, let's Because we're not seen yet, and we're trying to do it without raising any kind of suspicion. I could see stealth, yeah. Right. I think that I think uh, an assessment plus uh, okay, then I will work here. Then I will roll that out. Yeah. I have no space to roll actual dice, so I'm using uh, online. That's fair. Okay, uh, I'm I trust will be you. always honest. You'd have to trust us anyway, since we're not in the same room. Yeah, it's true. I just like, you just hear a rolling sound and I'm like, six. <laughs> Shit. Nine. All right. That is a partial success. On a 79, I will reveal interesting, potentially useful information about the subject, or I <laughs> might ask you to do so. All right, Scarlet. As you are staring down the scope with a boom machine, how many mechs do you mark? Uh, I'm picking up at least three. Okay. And the three mechs you see are very heavily armed. One of them looks like it might even be reinforced. There's one that's got these very large, like, shoulder-mounted pods, another carrying this uh, long minigun-looking weapon. Two of them are standing at the entrance. You can see the road leading off down to the city in the distance. And one seems to be moving around the the complex. You can see it sort of... Uh, the top half of it over the buildings and the buildings themselves it's probably about three stories and uh anchors are probably about like 20 feet high so you you sort of lose sight of it at certain points when it goes to parts of the facility that are a little taller than two stories tall but it does seem to be making sort of a circuit around the interior of the facility like not the inside of the facility but like the the middle of the ring (laughs) right yeah like the facility itself is sort of like ringed and that's all i can see so far i can't like place where hostages are being held or anything like that you see a lot of destroyed like guard towers 
and in particular a destroyed uh, post toward the front and a few downed anchors around the front of the building. Uh, hostages, the lights are off in most of the areas of the facility except for in the what must be the main factory floor in the center building. There are lights on there. All right. Remind me how far away we are again. 300 yards. Okay. At the top of a so we're fairly close. Hill. Three football fields. Minus the three end zones in each football field as well, because that would be 120 yards then. Okay. <laughs> Very astute <laughs> about old football. <laughs> I guess that tracks for an earth gentry. Yeah. That makes sense. It's not the king's sport, but I did grow up watching it myself. What the hell are you on about, old man? Oh, shove off. Perhaps, as we are uncertain of the abilities of each of these mechs, I have an idea. One of us plays distraction, leads the two guards off, while the other two break in. We gotta get rid of the one circling around the area first. That one looks like the one that's got the... That was my thought. One to lead off the guards. The other two handled the one circling the perimeter. That's honestly our best bet. We could go full force, but I, I, don't, I don't think it would be smartest. I vote the old man be the distraction. I disagree wholeheartedly. Oh, fuck off. I can't. I'm just doing this for, for a pay cut. I can't be asked with... Which is why you should be the distraction. This is why it would be an issue. His anchor is clearly less agile. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm in a bit of state today, but still, it's just absolutely unconscionable that you volunteer me first. I'm afraid we do not have time for petty human squabbles. You barely know me, what have I done to you? I just want to see what happens. Well... If the two of you are done, my consideration was that, as my anchor is very agile and has the added advantage of boosters, perhaps I could be the distraction. Uh, I mean... That's fine with me. No issue there. Whatever, Splever. I'm assuming mm-hmm. you're going to mount back up into your anchors? Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. So who's going to make the first move? Beatty? Yeah. All right. You. All right, what do you do? The plan is to make a move as if I'm going directly for the facility and draw the attention of the two guards and then make a quick veer in a di- another direction and lead them kind of on a wild goose chase. Ooh, I like that. Are you going to like take up the front, or are you coming at it from the side where you guys are? Um, I'd like to come at it from the direction that the guards are facing. Okay, so from the front of the facility. For the most part, if I can, if I can get there without drawing too much attention beforehand. Uh, from your position, you you can get around to the main road and head down it. Do I need it? Do you want? I am good to approach from. Like a, a single entrance road, I don't need to like stealth to another direction of approach. Uh, let's call it a face adversity roll plus your metal. All right. Uh, six on the dice plus one in metal, so that's a seven. All right. So on a seven and nine for face adversity, the danger is overcome, but at a price. I will offer you a cost or a hard choice. Okay. All right, BD. That's me. What? What part of your anchor would you not want to lose right now? What do I not want to lose? Yes. Do you mean conceptually or do you mean physically? Uh, physically. I don't know. Uh... I have some ideas. 
<laughs> okay, tell me oh, your God. ideas. <laughs> Pitch right. me. So I will say that you can get their attention, but you're going to temporarily lose access to your boosters, lose access to the, the thrusters on your anchor. Okay, how temporarily are we speaking? Uh, it might take uh, most likely just a system reboot, not necessarily a full repair. It might take you a couple minutes, but you'll be grounded. Okay, so for the for the duration of this fight, essentially. Unless you want to take time out to do the, the, the reboot. I don't think I could in the middle of a fight, system. but yes. <laughs> I mean, you could try. Obvious, always you can try. Yeah, not the wisest move. Um. But I will say you will draw their fire and their attention. Okay, yeah, okay. I've still got my, my agile tag, so. And a claw. I can just chuck shit at him. <laughs> So you make your way around the rise, and as you come out toward the end of the rise where it lowers to the flatland where the road is, you start taking fire. Mm -hmm. You look down back at the entrance to the facility, and the, uh, the anchor with the minigun has it trained on your location. Mm -hmm. You decide that is probably the best time to start boosting your way out of there, yeah. sort of drawing them, and you... you Take flight using your thrusters. You get another good like 50, 75 yards off. Mm -hmm. And then your thrusters are pinged by minigun fire and rendered inoperable for a few moments. And you are left floating. And now I would like you to make another roll for me. I think this one would be a, another face adversity with your metal. Okay. To maintain control while you are without boosters flying through atmosphere. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, huh. All right. That'll be a, a six from me. Ooh. Yeah. You slam down hard into the red Martian soil, uh, anchor shoulder first, and you skid for another 20 yards. Cool. And you are out in the open, laid prone with these two anchors approaching you. Okay. Whatever the sacrifice needs to be taken, I'd like to get up and move as quickly as possible. All right. Before you do that, let's go back to the other half of this plan, Otto and Scarlet. BD disappears around the rise, and you hear uh, rapid fire down in the, in the like canyon where this facility is. Sounds like things are going well down there. Yes, it does sound very productive down there, doesn't it? It does indeed. Well, shall we, old man? Please stop calling me that. I've no, I'm not even that old. I just sound very old. I'm only about 50. Yeah, that's definitely not old. Just try not to slow me down. Oh, I won't slow you down. Although I do have the propensity to want to catalog things. So if I do, I've been around these parts before here. I moved my though. back. <laughs> All right. So, Scarlet. I'm already gone. <laughs> Scarlet is on the move. Uh, Otto, do you follow? Ah, yes, why not? So, Scarlet, you crest the hill with Otto sort of meandering behind you in Bruno. And you see you see Beatty, Beatty's anchor fly out into the open, take a pot shot. You see the, the thruster f flash and then go out. You see the anchor crash down. And these two other anchors approaching. And you see that this has also gotten the attention of the anchor that was making the circuit route that you, the, the anchor you guys were going to have to deal with. 
It is currently making its way back, and as it is moving to head for the front gate, it catches sight of the two of you cresting the hilltop. We have, like, essentially comms between the mechs, right? Yeah. Okay. That I think BB is very quickly going to say, do not be concerned with me. Continue with the plan. You heard them. And Scarlet, since you're the first one through the breach, uh, so to speak, when the shoulder pods on this mech open, what do you see? Uh, fuck. <laughs> Probably a good response to whatever it is. That's a good, yeah, just fuck. But what's in those pods? What's in the pods? What's in the pods? Ah, fuck. Why am I overthinking this? What would be the worst possible weapon to have in a shoulder-mounted pod? An anti-tank rifle? Two anti-tank rifles? Two anti-tank rifles? My thought was rocket launchers, but that's just me. That's a thought. <laughs> uh, a rocket launcher, sure. Two rockets. Okay, so <laughs> what you see when these pods flip open are two like board holes on each side. So it's two on each shoulder, and then you just see flashes. Ah, shit. As, and not just flashes, but traces of smoke and little, very, very, very thin wires. What in the ass? What is that? Roll me an assess. Fucking Christ. Assess plus? Uh, this will probably be, again, plus metal for focus. All right. What in the... 13. I'm not even joking. Right, on a 10 plus, you gain significant information about the subject and earn a data point about it as well. So give yourself a data point. Okay. Uh, data points are small but critically useful bits of information about a particular subject, which can be leveraged to tip the scales during a tense moment. Uh, they can be spent to grant a plus one on any role that directly involves or leverages the information of, in that data point. So this might come in handy very fast. <laughs> Great. Uh, those are shoulder-mounted rocket pods. Mm-hmm. And they are firing individually controlled surface-to-air missiles. Fuck. That's what those wires are there, allowing the person in the cockpit to control them remotely. And there are probably about 15 of them in the air heading toward you and Otto right now. How much time do I have to, like, get them to turn around on themselves and hit him? Uh, that's a great question. Not very long. Because uh... <laughs> if I can fucking hack my way out of this. You want to hack some missiles? I want to hack his system and get the missiles to turn around. Yeah. Fuck All right. Yeah. Um... Roll. Roll to hack those missiles. What am I rolling for that again? So for right now, uh, yeah, we'll just do an access. Not an assess. An access. Mm-hmm. Okay. So roll me access. So that'll be plus your interface. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good thing that's also plus two, or else this would end up sucking. All right. And actually, you know what's great? Since you have hijack, that means he can't get those missiles back. Wait, really? <gasps> You know, that's a good thing, too. You want to know why? Because it's a 14. Woo! Oh, my God. <laughs> right? God roll. Fucking nat 12. <laughs> and I think, does, uh, don't you get uh, an advancement point? And it, you get a point for advancement Help. Yep. For, yep. for what you did? Yeah, yeah. So you don't even have to spend that data point yet. Ow! All right, so you access the these the subsystems on these missiles. So as you see, see these things streaming toward you on tiny, tiny tethers, you quickly 
turn your attention to one of your, I'm assuming, several keyboards inside your anchor. Yeah, hold on. Let me uh, let me get some uh, effect music. Yeah, let's get some Foley. Full nerd setup. All right, there we go. He's in. He's in. Ah, I'm in. Uh, uh, credentials verified. Access granted. The system is now open to interface-based moves. So I like. So basically, I see them flying, coming straight at us, and I'm just like, and I just quickly turn around. Boop boop beep boop 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 beep, or whatever sound I can think of, and just. <laughs> Actually, in character, Scarlet just goes, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. <laughs> so you're hearing that over the comms. Yeah, BD's like, Christ. <laughs> and then just, boom, you, hacked. In you, the system, I'm in. You, you and, Uno reverse card them? <laughs> <laughs> no, you. Trapple card. And Otto, you also, you see these missiles streaking toward you. Ah, yes, and that's, that's not good. <laughs> and you can hear like furious typing over the open comms channel and then Scarlet saying boop boop beep <laughs> <laughs> and then those missiles begin to turn I feel like Scarlet is the kind of nerd that would specifically have the keyboards that are like very loud like so that you can hear the hacking <laughs> oh no he is he is definitely that nerd uh-huh. like you have to hear my my work the audacity of this bit. <laughs> All right, now, Leon, yeah. make me an open fire roll. Roll plus metal again. Oh, dear Lord. Okay, it's only a seven. Okay, that's a partial success. Uh, you choose one or more of the following consequences. Uh, you suffer harm during the exchange. Sorry, I will choose one of the following consequences. Okay, so open fire. So since you've taken control of these missiles and you're turning them back around, you are engaging in a long-range firefight. On a 10 plus, you win this engagement. Your targets are dead, injured, incapacitated, retreating, pinned, surrendering, etc. Or on a 7 to 9, as above, but I choose one or more of the following consequences. You suffer harm during the exchange. The exchange causes undesirable collateral damage. The battle shifts, changing threats or adding new ones. Or the targets actually suffer a lesser fate. Uh, I'm going to shoot. Oh, God. And here's what I will say. Scarlet, as you redirect these missiles, you overshoot your target on a number of them, and several of them collide with the factory facility itself. Fuck. Fucking oops. There's also one that's on a wide enough arc, and uh, since it does take a minute to a few minutes to gain control through access. Auto. Yes. You take a surface-to-air missile to the leg. Ah. Auto, roll me a brace for impact. Roll plus your armor, which, since you're in your mech, will be plus two. So roll me 2d6 plus two. Uh, seven total. All right, that's not two too bad. plus three plus two. So, Auto, this, this stray missile catches your anchor in the leg. A couple of the actuators in that leg go out, and you go to a half kneel. And in this unexpected shift in movement, you take a few uh, bumps against the, the interior of the anchor. So uh, you, you've you suffered a minor injury. Uh, these will be uh, bruises. Boo-boo. Your mech took a shortfall with you in it, and you weren't expecting it, you weren't anticipating it, so you take a little bit of injury. But other than that, you can probably shake it off. Bloody hell. Okay, not gonna lie. 
That one was on me. Now, the question is, Scarlet, do you want your target to be dead or injured or incapacitated? How did you, what was the effect you wanted to have on your target? Because you do still get that. I don't know. Does it, I don't know, it hit the building. So does that entail the building too? A couple of them hit the building. I'm asking you about your target. Oh, okay. Thank God. <laughs> you don't know what happened in the building yet. Uh. <laughs> Suffice to say, it is missing some roofing. <laughs> Great. <laughs> or walls even. But what do you want to have happen to this mech and the person inside of it? Are they uh, dead, injured, incapacitated, retreating, pinned, surrendering, or what is their condition? Surrendering. Beatty comes over the comms and says, Please refrain from damaging the facility. Our clients would not be pleased. <laughs> Listen, I admit that was on me, but it's better than being dead. And we'll, we'll shift the camera back as... This enemy anchor takes several of its own missiles to its chassis, goes down, and then you see the uh, the emergency hatch pop open and this pilot climbing out. <laughs> Waving the white banner. <laughs> like, like nursing their shoulder, like half falling out onto the onto the ground. And then we'll switch back to Beatty. How are things going with this uh with with you, Beatty? You are we're gonna Turn the clock back a couple seconds. Could be better, could be worse. <laughs> there are two mechs coming at you. You are under fire. Mm-hmm. What is your next course of action? Uh, the immediate action would be to get up and continue moving, even if I, you know, sacrifices must be made to do so. All right. Uh, a moving harder is a lot harder to hit. <laughs> right. Uh, roll me face adversity plus metal for piloting. Bad first roll, better second roll. Um, that would be a eight, Ooh. an eight. My f- first roll was a one, <laughs> just so everyone knows. Oh, <laughs> so I was like, you can't do much worse than not. that. All right, so the danger is overcome, but at a price. Yeah, mm. I am. Well, you said one of my shoulders was injured from one of my like the mech's shoulders was injured from the impact. Right. I am happy to lose an arm. <laughs> Oh, wow. oh my God! A mech. You'd be happy arm. to lose your tool oh, a mech arm. arm. Your your mech's tool arm. I have a, a either a claw or a cannon. Right. Do you want to lose the claw or the cannon? Uh, both are very valuable. Um, I'd least like to lose the cannon. Okay. So I'm guessing <laughs> I'm losing the cannon. You you scramble up. You get both your your you get your anchor starts to right itself, and as you are pushing yourself back up to full to full standing in your anchor, another salvo of minigun rounds cuts through your cannon arm. Doesn't sever it completely, but it is now hanging yeah. by like a, a, like a series of wires and actuators that are now just firing in error. But you are able to get up and get, get moving. It like sort of takes your arm out from under you as you start to stand. So if it's still connected to me, can I kind of use my claw arm to maneuver it into a position where it's not going to be like dragging and making me slower? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, the, the move is to, you know, continue to be as quick as... I can physically be. I will also say, since you just took some fire, roll me a brace for impact. As you are rocked. That would be a nine. Okay. You suffer an injury of that severity, so you too take some minor 
bruises. Which so I guess it might. Yeah, I would say dense is probably the the right. best way to put it. All right. Yeah, you, you get your your chassis is a little dented as you are rocked around inside, but you managed to get up and running. Um, Where are you running? Yeah, I think uh, you said you know th- this facility isn't out in the middle of nowhere entirely, is it? There's like other buildings around that there, I could potentially. There's a city probably about fifteen miles away. Oh, okay. So we are kind of just in a a desert space. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are there a lot any of like? Yeah, any like rock structures that I are like tall enough to potentially like at least briefly hide a mech. I wanna. My, the plan is I want to move quickly and go in and out of sight to the point that I can separate them. Mm-hmm. Serpentine. <laughs> so just like the uh, the facilities, uh, sort of horseshoe shaped. The rise that you were hiding underneath is also horseshoe shaped. The the facility sort of lays in this canyon or gulch. So uh, it's a little far off, but if you could get to the other side where the, the, the earth begins to sort of rise up again, you might be able to find some cover there. But other than that, you are out in the open on a main thoroughfare. I think instead, I would notice that they, they took out the other mech, right? Would I? <laughs> or at least hear some celebratory whoops from the comms. Uh, since we backed up a little bit, I'll say it is at this point that you see the explosions at the factory and you make the comment about not blowing yeah. up the factory. <laughs> don't don't break the shit. Um, I'm going to make kind of an evasive maneuver and cut in a different direction. Okay. Kind of throw them off a little bit. And I am going to start kind of leading them towards the other two since they've dealt with the previous threat. All right, so back sort of around the way you came. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to kind of say over the over the comms, incoming. So you were, you begin to book it back toward the facility and roll me one more face adversity. I would love to. That's metal again, right? Yep. The same one. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> or, right. sorry, eight, eight, eight. So begins the cycle. Yeah. I'm. I, listen, okay. I'm succeeding at least a little bit. Uh, Beatty, mm-hmm. as you're making your way around, you notice that one of the anchors is breaking away from its partner. Motherfucker. Uh, okay. The, the anchor with the minigun is staying behind and just attempting to suppress you while the other anchor is moving forward to you at a fairly alarming speed. Okay. And you see it go... It, one of its arms goes to its back and it pulls out this long, very, I wouldn't say sharp, but it, 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 there's an edge to it. It is a blade. Mm-hmm. And it just begins to get faster and faster and approach you. And it's like dragging this massive like robot sword through the dirt behind it. And you could just see sparks flying off of it as it connects with like rocks. All right. Some anime bullshit. Oh, yeah. We're getting into it now. And Scarlet and Otto, you see this mech making its way for BD for the uh, Delta Proxima. Do they really have to trample that much of the wildlife? Can't it be a little less destructive? I imagine it's mostly scrub on Mars. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's a lot of scrub brush, a lot of, like, low desert. But there's life in the the microbes. (laughs) No one gives a shit, you fossil. (laughs) <laughs> Otto Yes It seems like this anchor is about to try to cleave BD in half What are you going to do? I suppose I'll go after the anchor then, shouldn't I? Wouldn't want our friend getting hurt 
I can't, you know, wouldn't be sustainable. And uh, so are you going to, how are you going to engage this, this enemy anchor? Well, I've got a um, sort of an electric cannon, don't I, on my mech? That is true. So are you going to open fire? Yes, why not? All right, well, roll me an open fire. And is it at this point uh, that you guys are also beginning to receive a little bit of that uh, minigun fire? Ah, jeez. That's a five total. Three plus one, Ooh. and then metal is plus one. So, not very good. That's a f- five Ooh-wee. total. So, this, this, this anchor with the minigun is just standing out in the street, and it's just raking across the rise and down toward the street level where BD is making a run. A five. I mean, yo, Scarlet, what's your medal? Plus two? You could potentially get involved and make that less of a failure. (laughs) I'm aware of the situation. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, you could, yeah. So the thing about getting involved is it doesn't just add like an additional one. You can turn a failure into a success. Okay. So, Scarlet, do you want to try to get involved? Yeah. All right. Uh, So roll me plus... My metal? Yes. Roll plus metal. All right. Let's uh, lock and load. All right. So 12. Damn. All right. So on a 10 plus, uh, choose one. Turn a failure into a partial success. I think that's the one that's going to have to be, huh? Yeah. There's not. I'm pretty sure that's the one that's going to have. Yeah. You can't turn a failure into a a full success. That's that. yeah. Yeah. So Scarlet, you turn and you start. You let loose a beam of plasma toward the anchor that is firing the minigun to give auto cover while he fires the lightning cannon. And nice and auto? complex. Yes. Yeah, we're doing the team-up moves now. Ah, very good, very good. So, you see this streak of plasma out across the Martian desert. You line, your, line the sights of your lightning cannon up with this uh, approaching sword anchor. And you fire. Bosh. Did it not hit? It does hit. Hey. Hmm. Thinking about consequences, <laughs> are we? Oh, no, I've got one in mind. I just don't know if now's the time to deploy it. We have been going for about an hour and a half. So I think I'm ready to drop this. All right, give us a hard hit. All right. So, Otto, you hit, you connect. Do you? What is the? What's the status of your target after it, the the lightning cannon connects? Are they just completely roasted? Or are they? Well, I feel like I might have a bit of a bias here. This might have to be your call. How? What? Like, you know, I don't know the relative strength of my weapon versus vis-a-vis the. Uh, well, it does have points, the ability to. It does have the ability to like cut through armor on ships. So. Well, I didn't roll that high, so you know I don't think it took it completely out. Do you want right. to? Basically, do you want to set phasers to stun or phasers to kill? Stun always. <laughs> right. Never kill. Right. Always stun. Stun. Always stun. So as this ball, this massive ball of electricity, flies out over the rise, little arcs of lightning cresting off of it and turning the Martian sand into Martian glass. As this anchor is about to begin raising the sword up in an upward arc slash, this huge ball of lightning hits it right in like the chest 
and you just see the entire left side of it spasm and go like the equivalent of limp for a mech and it takes one further step and then falls onto its side, drops the sword. You see smoke starting to rise out of it. Little bits of electricity just frying various uh, electronic parts. Just like actuators exploding and electronic chaos, basically. Mm -hmm. I love it. And then, Otto, you've got sensors on your anchor. Yes, I I do, I do. Front row. And uh, the Katsu Sakura also has sensors. So Scarlet and Otto, you pick up something. Otto, your your sensors are more attuned to the environment, so you pick it up first, but it's a pretty substantial anomaly, so Scarlet's sensors pick it up very soon after. I've got slightly undefined feelings about this. No shit. And Otto. Yes. Here's a here's a prompt for you. Here's a leading question. The ships that suddenly appear in the sky, the massive starships that seem to have jumped into the atmosphere above you. Which faction do they belong to? Of the two gentry-controlled factions, are these Commonwealth ships or are these Union ships? I would say Union, then. Do the three of you take a, a Union ship appearing over Union space as good news or bad news? I'm taking it as bad news. For where we are specifically, I'd consider it bad news. Maybe bad news for us, but it shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, it's like, you know, you go to Poland, you're going to run into Polish people, you know? Yeah. I, well, I imagine... Okay. okay, that's fair, but... Would the gentry fly, like, uh, family crests or something like that on their ships? It feels like the egotistical thing that they would do is, like, their sh- the family crests are on the ships. So these, these, are, so these are rectified Solar Union ships... And to Max's point, I think they would fly some form of uh, house heraldry. So basically, uh, if it's any house other than Wingard, um, and he that is was going to be my next question, <laughs> uh, Scarlet, are these ships uh, Wingard ships, or are they some other? Uh, They're some other fucking gentry. Some other uh, Union gentry house. Yeah. Uh, do you have a name, or should I roll one in? I got them for days. I liked the one that you had in the original setup on the on the document with all the information about everything. Your original setup, I think it was House Amano. I like that name. Ah, yes, House Amano is good. So you, you you see the crest of the Martian gentry family of House Amano. Fuck. And then all three of you see ships not unlike the vehement disgorging from the underside of this massive cruiser headed for the surface. Headed for us or just the surface generally? (laughs) I think this is for us. Some of them for you, some of them on a flight path elsewhere. Either way, it's bad. And that is where we will leave off. (laughs) 